Hey, I'm Tom Power. I'm the host of the podcast Q with Tom Power, where we talk to all kinds of artists, actors, writers, musicians, painters. We had Green Day on the other day talking about their huge album, American Idiot. Nicole Byer came on to talk about ADHD and comedy. And then there's Dan Levy. While we were talking about filmmaking, we talked about his insecurities. I sometimes feel like I have this desire to, like, perform, to be a version of myself that people might like. Listen to Q with Tom Power to hear your favorite artists as they truly are wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello and welcome to Laugh Out Loud. I'm your host, Ali Hassan, and what a month we've had so far. I'm recording this show in studio in Toronto, and we have had close to or above 25 degrees most days this week. Equal parts amazing and terrifying? Should I just return my skis at this point? Is that even going to be a sport? But also this month, we've had World Saki Day, which I celebrated. We also had National Hair Day, which, you know, I decided to sit out. I find it a little depressing. But most relevant to us here at Laugh Out Loud is World Smile Day, the first Friday in October. And we are doing our part to contribute to that with some live comedy. We start our show today with a great set from a performer you have heard on our show a number of times from this year's Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Here is Manitoba's Matt Falk. Thank you very much. Lovely. I really only have one message tonight. Here it is. Ready? Don't trust corporations. Yeah. I did a little research before the show. It turns out they don't have our best interests at heart. But everyone thinks they're nice because they convince us they're nice with their commercials. Every Christmas, the airlines put out that exact same commercial where they give someone a free flight home for the holidays. Oh, we eat it up. They got their multi-billion dollar CEO show up in a nine-piece suit. Here at Airjet, we believe family is worth flying home for. Blah, 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 lies. And we love it. We love it. We're like, it's so nice. Now, is it nice or is it their marketing budget? It's the cheapest commercial they could make. You know how much it costs to do a real commercial? Just an actor for a national ad campaign is $50,000. You know how much it costs to do their nice idea to get Tammy from Tucson, plop her down in a chair on the airplane that they already own and just film her going, I can't wait to see my grandson. Nothing, nothing dollars. It's not nice. We shouldn't trust anything the top 1% say. Even that term, top 1%, what do they call the other group? The bottom 99%. How subtly manipulative is that terminology? The bottom 99%. Oh, those dummies. Don't you mean all of us, huh? (laughs) Calling it the bottom 99% always makes it sound like if you would just apply yourself. Get out there, hand out some resumes. Maybe you could pull yourself out of the bottom. 99%. But that's precisely the lie, isn't it? Don't tax the wealthy, don't criticize the wealthy, don't even look at the wealthy, because one day, I'm gonna be wealthy. One day, I'm going to be a billionaire. No, you're not. Uh, 
and you shouldn't want to be. You know what I mean? Like, you really want to be part of that group, huh? You know what they call themselves, that group of billionaires? The Three Comma Club. Yeah, because their net worth has three commas. <laughs> Just be happy where you are. I'm a part of the Three Card Club. Yeah, that's the club where you got to use three cards to pay for one thing. It's fine. It's fine. And I get it, everyone wants to get rich, everyone's got a side hustle, everyone's trying to get really rich, so rich they can afford a bidet. That seems to be the goal out there. <laughs> Take it from me, a Mennonite, you don't need a bidet. <laughs> a ladle works just as good. Everybody's obsessed with money. We have realtors showing up at our house, just knocking on the door. Hey, Matt, it's time to sell your house. Really? Is it? Why? Because it's a seller's market. <gasps> Sounds good at first, doesn't it? But then you're like, but if I sell my house, I, I will then need to buy another house. And he's like, oh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> no, it's not a buyer's market. <laughs> I'm like, so it's just going to even out for me. For you, yes, but not for me. It's a realtor's market. I should have been more clear. <laughs> if I can give you one piece of financial advice, Winnipeg, sell your house. Do it right now. Sell your house, buy a new one, flip that for a profit. Buy a new one, flip that for a profit. Buy a new one, make one mistake, lose everything. That's the dream! We're crazy. Money is literally ruining us. It's ruining us. I witnessed a fight over a few dollars at my local small town thrift store. <laughs> and I shall tell you the cautionary tale. So I'm in there and I'm thrifting and I heard a kerfuffle. I did not know what the kerfuffle was but I knew there was kerfuffing. <laughs> I got to the till and it was me, a woman in front of me, and then the kerfuffer. <laughs> and she was upset because she was purchasing a two-piece bathing suit. Let's just pause right there. Um, yes, you can purchase a two-piece bathing suit at your local thrift store, but you shouldn't, okay? <laughs> Listen. And if you do, just hear me out. They wash it. You still need to bleach it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm just trying to help. So she was upset because the tag said $1.25, but what she did not realize was that it was $1.25 per piece. And this was, if you recall, a two-piece bringing the grand total to $2.50, and she was having none of it. I'll never forget in all my life, she goes, well, maybe in the city. <laughs> Where? Where in the city are you finding a bathing suit for $2.50? If you find a bathing suit in a dumpster, you'll still leave five bucks, you know what I mean? It's a bathing suit. 
And I was annoyed because the money doesn't go to some conglomerate at the top of the food chain. It doesn't go to some corrupt corporation. It goes to local charities around our community. And it's a dollar twenty-five. <laughs> I did not say any of that because I am a coward. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But the woman in front of me, not a coward, brave woman, she spoke up. She goes, Oh, come on, it's only $1.25. <gasps> yeah. Kerfuffer looks at her and she's like, this is none of your concern. Whoa, okay, here we go. And then suddenly, for some reason, the brave woman gestures to me. She's like, well, I think it is our concern. I'm like, leave me out of this. You started it, you finish it. And then something shifted in the kerfuffer's eyes. She looked at the brave woman and she said, and I quote, you just stay out of this old lady. And that is wrong. <laughs> that is wrong for two reasons. Number one, you do not call somebody old and therefore invalidate them. And second of all, they were both old, okay? <laughs> These were two old ladies fighting over a bathing suit at the local thrift store. Would you like to know what happens when you call an old lady an old lady? I'll tell you. She moved her shopping cart to one side, advanced on the first woman, and then straight up shoves her. Just boom, right away. All the adrenaline starts pumping through my body. I'm like, let's go, we doing this? Come on! I'll separate you, bring you both down. Bam, bam, no. I didn't do that, I didn't do that. What I actually did was this. Oh, that was all I did, that was my whole. That was my move. Want to see it again? Oh! Yeah, that's it. Here it is in slow motion. Oh, that's all that happened. The kerfuffer, she gets all frazzled. She storms out of there. I don't know if she paid for the rest of the bathing suit. Maybe she just took half the bathing suit. I'm not sure what happened, but she left. And then the best bit, the brave woman, she turns around and looks at me and says, Well... Maybe I should just dye my hair brown. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that one out. Like, was she making fun of the first lady's hair? Was she saying she didn't want to be called old anymore? Or most likely, did she realize she just physically assaulted somebody in a public space and she needed to lay low for a while? You guys are amazing. I adore each and every one of you. Good night. Delivering semi-bad news in the funnest way possible. That is Matt Falk. You can find more of his comedy at mattfalkcomedy.com. 
He has seven comedy albums. It's it's an insane number of albums, by the way, and three of them have reached number one on the iTunes comedy charts. Now, I'd like to take the next minute to share with you some very exciting news for our show. First of all, Accent on Toronto is sold out. That's only exciting if you live in Toronto and you have tickets. Otherwise, you are just angry with me, and I am sorry, but you will hear the sets we record there here on our show in the coming months. And second of all, we are hitting the road. We will be part of the Okanagan Comedy Festival. You might recall it was originally scheduled for August, but we are now heading to Kelowna for the Rotary Center for the Arts on Friday, October 27th. Our amazing lineup will include Kelly Taylor, Amanda Rose, Sunny Dollywall, and many more. We're also very excited to announce that we'll be going back to Winnipeg. We'll be at the Gas Station Theatre on November 22nd, I'll be hosting a heck of a show that'll feature Paul Roblaskas, Danielle Kayahara, Emmanuel Lamuro, Mike Green, and more. Tickets for both those shows can be found right now on our website, cbc.ca slash laughoutloud. And if that wasn't enough in the coming months, I'll also share some news about upcoming shows in Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ottawa, and Whitehorse. The movies are back, baby. And if you're looking for a weekly podcast to keep up with all the new releases and all the hottest news and rumors coming out of Hollywood, check out Movies Baby with Five Wise. Is Emma Stone on track for greatest actress of all time? What's the best Godzilla movie of all time? What's up with John Cena? Love Lies Bleeding? We'll take more where that came from. What movie should have won Best Picture at this year's Oscar? You can listen to Movies Baby wherever you get podcasts, and you can watch Movies Baby live every Thursday night on YouTube at Movies Baby with Five Wise. Movies, baby! All right, let's get back to the comedy. This next comedian has been a staple guest on The Debaters and on our show. He's also a teacher, which doesn't get as much respect as it should, as he will himself illustrate in just a minute. Here is John Cullen. Hello. Thank you. I am a, I'm a comedian, obviously. That is my night job uh, during the day. I am a high school teacher. Thank you. No one cares. That's nice. Hot <laughs> off the top. Just, no, shut up. Just uh, don't clap now. You had your chance. Uh, probably some teachers in here who didn't clap when I said I was a teacher, so appreciate your support. Thank you kindly. Just, you know, whatever. I'm just molding the minds of tomorrow, but you guys didn't care, and that's fine. No problem. Um, you know, being a teacher is a fine job, you know, uh, but there is some weird things you got to do as a teacher that you don't think about. Like when you're in teacher's college, you just think about being in front of the class and teaching. You know, you don't think about the weird things you also have to do. Like I have to supervise high school dances. I'm a 37-year-old man. I shouldn't be there. It's not correct. It's not correct at all. Because when you think about it, at the end of the day, a high school dance, that's just a room full of teenagers making out and I'm just there that's not correct it's not right shouldn't be there because if you put that in a different context right if I was in a room with two teenagers making out and that room was a basement I'm going to jail but for some reason if that room is a cafeteria flimsily decorated to look like a jungle I get time and a half. <laughs> Some of you are looking at me like, John, that's a little inappropriate. And if you're looking at me like that right now, I'd like to remind you that I am just joking. 
<laughs> Teachers don't make time and a half. It is weird, too, when you're a teacher because you also have to go on strike sometimes. That's weird. Like, we, we avoided it this year. I thought we were going out for sure. It's weird to go out. Like, I've been teaching for 13 years, and I've been on strike three times. That's a lot of times. And uh, when you go on strike, it's strange because the first week you go on strike is amazing. It's like an amazing... I mean, not just because you're away from the kids, but it's also... It's just like everybody treats you so good that first week... They love you. They're so nice to you. Oh, my God. All the moms are rushing to Facebook because they're still on Facebook. And there's, oh, my God. Teachers are the best. You're amazing. I love you. You're so, you just, what you do, I couldn't do it myself. You're beautiful and wonderful. I'm going to bring donuts and coffee and pizza to the picket line. I'm going to give you a little kiss on the cheek. You're beautiful and I love you. Teachers, it's the greatest profession in the world. And then week two of the strike is a lot more like, um, get back in there! Get back in there right now, you greedy pig! The last time I was on strike, an 85-year-old woman gave me the finger out of her car. Not even joking. Maybe she's here tonight, but... <laughs> they get so mad, right? Because I get it. They understand. They, they're away. Teachers are out for like two weeks. And then they start to realize like, oh my gosh, teaching is just 75% babysitting and my kid stinks. My kid sucks. Just a week at home freebasing Ethan high on monster energy drink playing Call of Duty nonstop. Ethan, that's what all the boys are named now, or Aiden. Every boy's named Aiden now. It's either their name is Aiden or their name ends in Aiden. Brayden, Caden, Hayden, Jaden, Payden. I taught a kid named Raiden. That's a character from Mortal Kombat. Or like uh, Jackson, uh, but with an X. Get lost. Are you kidding me? That's how I knew I was getting old, you know? When I saw like J-A-X-X-O-N on the attendance. Come on, in my day, we spelled that with a C-K-S, all right? Get the hell out of here. It's crazy. You sound like a gas station. Get lost. Jackson. Being a comedian is fun. You know, you do get, you get to travel a lot when you're a comedian, sometimes not to places you want to go, but... Um, you get to go to them anyway. And um, I've learned traveling a lot around this beautiful country of Canada. Uh, you know, when you're a comedian, sometimes you'll get, you get asked to do uh, charity gigs. You know, people always want you to help out. And often at a charity gig, there will be a silent auction. I love a good silent auction. It's fun. It's like an auction, but without the guy. That's annoying. It's great. But I have learned you can tell a lot about the city that you are in by the prizes that are available in a silent auction. Like we're in Victoria right now. This is a, you know, a nice city. People have money here. You know, so the prizes that would be available in a Victoria silent auction are exactly what you think. It'd be like, hey, you probably like confusing art. You probably want to go to Whistler in a helicopter. I did a show in 100 Mile House. The prize that went for the most money in the silent auction was a dump truck full of gravel. 
I'm not making that up. I am dead serious. It went for $1,800. I don't know if that's a good deal or a bad deal, but the guy who won was very excited about it. He was pumped. And like, I'm kind of making fun of 100 Mile House, but it's also a bit of a brag, right? Because this guy's saying, hey, guess what? I got somewhere to put a dump truck full of gravel. I live in Vancouver in a 500 square foot apartment. I don't have room for a bag of gravel. Never mind a truck. Are you kidding me? So I was driving home from 100 Mile House and I was thinking, you know, because that's what you'll do when you're driving home from 100 Mile House to do a lot of thinking, mostly about what went wrong. But I'm thinking about, I was thinking like, what would I even do? Like if I just somehow won this silent auction, what would I even do with a dump truck full of gravel? I was racking my brain. I think I figured out the perfect answer. I would uh, dump it on one of my enemies. <laughs> you can't pretend like that wouldn't be cool as hell. <laughs> Just call up Vancouver Gravel, like, yep, yeah, you know what? Dan gets off at 4.30. Yeah, he works at 12th and Main. Yeah, I was going to go three-quarter load, but he's been pissing me off lately. Let's go full load. Bury his ass. <laughs> I'll tell you another fact about myself. I don't drink, and uh, I've actually never drank in my entire life. And uh, that's the usual reaction that that gets. Because um, people are totally fine if you don't drink. They just want there to have been a problem. <laughs> that's their whole thing. And that's the thing with me. I don't have like a great, like that's the thing. If I came out here and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm five years sober. <laughs> you guys would have clapped. But I come out here and I'm like, I've never drank in my whole life. You're like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? Do you hate fun? And it's true, I don't have like a great reason. Like people always want there to be some like capital R reason why I don't drink. I don't have one. I just don't drink because I think I'm better than everyone. That's my whole thing, you losers. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I, but I genuinely don't have a good reason. And I will meet people, and they, they need there to be a reason. They can't just wrap their head around it. Like, I have had this happen to me before. I will meet a stranger at a party, someone I've never met before in my entire life. And they'll come up to me, and they'll say, oh, man, you want a drink? And I'll say, no, thanks. I don't drink, actually. And they'll be like, wait, what? You don't drink? Why? Are your parents alcoholics? No. But what if the answer was yes? Is that the conversation you want to have right now, guy I just met? Like I walked into this house party just hoping someone would ask me about my childhood drama? Yeah, let's get a Coca-Cola and a couch and sit down and really work through this, Greg. But when you don't drink, there are some things that don't make a lot of sense to you as like a sober person, as someone who's never drank in his entire life. There's some things that just don't make sense to me. Uh, like one of those things is um, camping. <laughs> I don't get it. I camped once in my whole life. Not for me. Don't care for it. Because here's the thing. When you're sober, sleeping on the ground feels an awful lot like um, sleeping on the ground. <laughs> Turns out it's not super comfy down there. Shout out to beds. It's crazy, camping. And you guys love it. I'm from Ontario originally. You guys here in BC, you love camping. You guys are... Exactly, that's the sound you make when you're out in the woods. But it is true. You guys love it. You love it so much that you'll spend your holidays from work 
camping. Come on. That's nuts. Try explaining that to someone. That's bananas. Like, you, why do you work? What's one of the main reasons you work? To afford a shelter. It's warm and sturdy and has furniture in it. Then the second you get time off the job you hate, you're like, hey, screw that shelter. Get me in the woods. I want to die, maybe. You could not explain camping to someone who's never been camping before. It would blow their mind. It's like, wait, so you go sleep in the woods? What, do you have, like, another house out there? Nope. Just a giant windbreaker. We just throw it right over the top and pray, baby. Oh, I get it. You have it because it's really easy to set up. Oh, no, it's the hardest thing in the world. Oh, man, I got really, uh, you know, I know the pandemic, we're, we're a little past it now, but I, you know, in the pandemic, I got very into a certain type of television show. I got very into the, uh, the entrepreneurial shows, uh, you know, Dragon's Den, Shark Tank, got way into those, you know, love those shows. And if you've never seen them before, it's the same show, basically. Dragon's Den's the Canadian version, Shark Tank is the American version. What it is, is it's someone who has a company or an invention, they bring it into a room in front of billionaires, and they try to get the billionaire to invest in their company. Love the show, but having watched all of it in succession, I've sort of realized there are some differences between the American Shark Tank and the Canadian Dragon's Den. Biggest difference being Shark Tank is a real program um, where stuff actually happens. Because that's the thing with Shark Tank, right? Someone will come out on Shark Tank, they'll be like, hey, I'm a pro. I went to business school for a million years. This is my invention. It's an app that saves babies' lives. I want $1 million for 2.5% of my company. And then billionaire owner of the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban, will be like, I love babies. I love apps. I'm in. Here's a million bucks. Canadian Dragon's Den, very different show. Guy wanders out wearing a jean shirt. Wearing aviator glasses, not sunglasses, just, you know what I'm talking about. Comes out, eyes half closed. He's 51, by the way. Uh, hey. Um, I'm Frank. Uh, this over here is Gord. Uh, so we, uh, we have a company. Um, we're from Lloydminster SK, by the way. Um, we got a company. Um, we're looking for 30K. Um, percentage? I don't know, whatever you guys think's fair, I guess. Uh, me and Gord didn't really talk about that before we got out here, to be honest with you. You guys seem like nice people. We'll let you figure it out. So uh, our invention here, you know, so like, you know, when you go to Tim's and um, get the little snack pack of Timbits, 10 Timmies right in the box there. Delicious snack, birthday cake. Oh my God. But you know, big man like me, been working with my hands all my life, pretty tough to get my big mitts in that tiny box there. So Gord over here, engineer, invented the donut vac. Yeah, just a little handheld, you know, just suck the Timbit up, put it right in your mouth while you're driving, no fuss, no muss. <laughs> D 
Don't know if you guys are into that or not, but uh, that's what we got for you. All right, thank you guys very much. Really appreciate you being here. Enjoy the rest of the show. Good night. That was John Cullen, alongside being a high school teacher and a comedian. He's also a podcaster and the lead commentator at curling.com. If that isn't enough to make you curious about this man, you can find all the details at cullenthecomic.com. And that is our show. My thanks today to the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, Heckler's Comedy Club, Aaron McHugh, and sound engineers Brian Harder, Corey Haberstock, and Jared Hillel. And a very special thanks to my producer, Lee Pitts. My name is Ali Hassan. Thank you for listening to Laugh Out Loud. We'll see you back here real soon. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.